Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Today is the 1st of July. Welcome to episode 15 of the Groovy Podcast with me, Peter Lebrook, casting from London, England. And me, Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut. Hey, so how's things going, Ken? Oh, pretty good. About yourself? Uh, yeah, as I said a little earlier, I'm melting. Uh, we've got a heat wave hitting England, although heat waves here consist of, like, just going above 30 degrees Celsius, which is cool in other parts of the world. Like, but uh, anyway, yeah, we all die. Um, I'm assuming Connecticut is a little bit better at the moment. Uh, we've had a strange week. Uh, we've been reasonably cool out, and then it got hot, And but it's still not anywhere near where yours is. I think I read a statistic. I think the U.S. is the last country in the world, the very last one, that uses Fahrenheit. Uh, that would not surprise me. Yeah. Uh, well, plus all the uh, old folk here who still stick to Fahrenheit. But really? <laughs> yeah, my like my dad still uh, talks about Fahrenheit most of the time. We're also the last country in the world that would refer today as seven one, rather than one seven. <laughs> yeah, that one throws me every single time. But hey, it does mean that you have Pi Day. That's Without true. it, you wouldn't have Pi Day or Tau Day for that matter. We have Tau. Oh, I missed Tau Day. It was just a couple of days ago. I totally missed it. Oh, yeah. What is it? 28th of June. Yes. Three days ago. I totally missed it. Yeah. Oh, shame. I don't know what the relevance is for Groovy, but still. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone who is wondering what Tau Day is about, uh, Tau is two times Pi. Right. Um, and if you just do a web search for Tau, you will find some presentations and the like to uncover the reasons for having Tau and why it makes more sense in general. So it's very interesting. Uh, it certainly persuaded me a little bit. Right. Okay. Anyway, so uh, it's rather a light news week uh, or news fortnight because it's summertime. I think people are on holiday or uh, doing conferences or other stuff. Uh, not 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 much in the way of big releases, but nonetheless, uh, Eclipse Foundation managed to get their Mars release out. So this is a whole new big version of Eclipse, and the reason this is important for us in particular is it comes with apparently much improved Gradle support with its build chip plugin. Um, I haven't been I haven't actually tried it out yet. I haven't even downloaded Eclipse Mars. Um, I think I probably will just to try it out. Uh, Ken, you have downloaded it, but not the build chip part yet. Well, I downloaded, I didn't download Mars itself, although I plan to, but I did download Spring Tool Suite. Uh, 3.7.0 just came out within the last couple of days, which is built on top of Eclipse Mars. And when you go into that, you can, in fact, install the Gradle support. Um, I found it interesting that you could. Um, you can import a Gradle project and all of that. Although I, I'm a little leery. Uh, when I used to use the Gradle plugin inside Eclipse, that used to give me all kinds of problems. I, I don't know about you. I, I've had, I always was in the habit when I used Eclipse of going out to the shell to run Gradle, and then I'd run a Gradle Eclipse task to refresh the dependencies, and then have Eclipse up, you know, refresh the project. 
Yeah, I'm it's similar, like with IntelliJ and with um, STS previously. It's you never not, not never quite sure when importing as Gradle whether it's going to completely mess up your project or not. So, it's fairly common recommendations are to you know run Gradle IDEA or Gradle Eclipse from the command line and then just open that project, um, or you know make sure it's open and then you can use. It's often required to use the Gradle tooling to refresh dependencies. And that's what they're good for. But importing the whole project, I'm, I'm distrustful, especially if you've got like custom source sets. I ran into a problem with IntelliJ when I've got a uh, an integration test source set. And it seemed to work fine. But every time I ran the unit test from the command line, it would run the f integration tests as well. Wow. And that's because the IDE was compiling the integration tests into the test classes directory along with the unit test. So I was like, ah, no. So I just switched it to um, compiling its classes to a completely separate directory, something that I got into the habit of with Eclipse a long time ago. It's like, yes, IDEs and the build tools still not quite on the same page. But it's, it's not surprising. And, and things will just keep improving, I think. Well, with IntelliJ, I, I often would try to import the build file. And sometimes I would get the wrong project structure. Like it would dig down too deep. And it took me a long time. I did this once at a presentation, no less. And I, I was trying to fix it on the fly. It was really annoying. And what eventually I hit on IntelliJ is that if you open up their little Gradle view, the little window that pops up from the from the side, if you hit the, the little refresh button in the Gradle view, that often fixes the whole project. You know, I, I never realized, or I didn't realize that for a long time. And now that's my go-to bug fix, if you will. With Eclipse, of course, the, the gag was always that I had to explain to people, I'm talking about the Eclipse plugin for Gradle, not the Gradle plugin for Eclipse, you know? <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of uh, Gradle and Grails plugin. Uh, do you call it the Gradle Grails plugin or the Grails Gradle plugin? And do you put a four in? And it doesn't matter what what way you arrange the words. Well, it's that's ambiguous. <laughs> Well, and I'm struggling with the Android plugin for Gradle because, I mean, I do a lot of Android projects, and the problem is, is that the, you know, the the dependency, instead of listing a group and then the name as Android, because it's really the Android plugin for Gradle, the the name is Gradle. Right. <laughs> completely wrong. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> saying, no, it's our Gradle plugin for Android, except it's not. It's an Android plugin for Gradle, but they got the name backwards. I mean, when you do the actual plugin dependency, the name is fine. Then there's no problem there. It's only when you write the the colon syntax. You know, at the I still want to call it group ID and artifact ID and ID <laughs> version number. Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. I, I'm, I have no problems with that. It's, yeah. Uh, well, the new plugin that. syntax. Sorry, the new plugin syntax would probably be better for all of that because it would avoid much of that. Now, um, I always um, when I used Eclipse, I would use the the Gradle to generate the project, the Eclipse project, and import the Eclipse project. And if I ever had to add a, another uh, dependency, I would go and do it that way. Go back out to the Gradle build file and add the dependency and rebuild the project. And I um, I basically had an alias for Gradle clean Eclipse Eclipse. You know, <laughs> so get rid of the Eclipse project files, regenerate them, and that that worked like a charm for years. Uh, now that they've got the plugin inside of here, I don't know if it's uh, awesome or not you know i have no idea how much uh how much better it will be 
uh, inside right. of Eclipse. I don't use Eclipse that much anymore unless a client wants it. And, of course, the fact that it's still free is a big selling point, so to speak. Yeah, so if any of our listeners uh, actually have tried out Eclipse Mars and the Gradle support, uh, just uh, ping us on Twitter or on the Google Plus page and let us know what your experiences have been. Is it a significant improvement over previous versions? Um, so it'd be interesting to find out. That's if we don't get to try it out before then. Okay, so that was Eclipse Mars release. Um, next little item. So uh, Martin Erdman, um, and sort of fairly, he's the guy behind the Jeb web testing framework. Oh, he he gave a talk on Spock hidden gems at the London uh, Gug, and he put his examples on GitHub. So we've linked to those. So if you use Spock, you should go have a look at that project. There are something like 14 examples, and they show you some more advanced uses of uh, Spock, like um, conditional ignoring of tests based on certain system properties. That's one. Um, and there are there are various other features as well. I, I didn't even know that there's a Spock config file. I didn't know until I actually looked at those test projects. So oh, I um, saw, check those out. I think it was uh, Luke Daly did a talk at. I think I originally saw it at UberConf, and then I saw him do it again, where he would talk about various settings. That used to be where I set the the Gradle daemon property to true, was in the config file, and apparently also in there. You're looking puzzled, no? Sorry for Gradle or Spock. Oh, I'm thinking Gradle. No, he did a. Let's see. I'm trying to remember if he did a Spock talk as well. I know he did. Right, I remember being appalled by his Spock talk because, I mean, I've been teaching this stuff for years and I'm sitting there going, boy, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, you know? He was going on and on about all these features about how to run tests, uh, turn them on and off inside of a config file, as you say, or uh, running fast tests as opposed to slow tests. And uh, I knew how you could do stepwise to make them go in order, but I always avoided that. There were a lot of neat features that, that Luke talked about when he did his Spock talk. Is this yeah. similar to that? Yeah, so that's the same sort of thing, mm. like the conditional uh, enabling and disabling fast and slow. Uh, Martin has one of those examples in there as well. So 14 examples. Um, so I mean, th these are things that are actually not documented or not well documented and well, not well known. So uh, definitely check those out. Uh, right, so having talked a lot about the Gradle integration in Eclipse, uh, the Gradle 2.5 release candidate one was officially released uh, this week or last week. And the, the most significant new features, for me at least, were our continuous build, which means that Gradle will listen to any changes to files on the file system and can, you know, can trigger the running of the tests again. So you can keep Gradle running. If you change a the source code for a test, it will rerun the test, um, and that this can be applied to any tasks. It looks like you'll be able to integrate with it in your own plugin. So it'd be it's exciting to see what people uh, do with that. But having that continuous build going in the back background could enable some interesting IDE integration as well uh, with continuous testing and the like. Well, that seems to be similar to what they do in the JavaScript world these days. With um, well, what's that build tool in JavaScript where they uh, uh, do you know what I'm referring to? Are you talking about live reload? Yeah, well, it's not live. I mean, it's it it's live reload functionality, but basically, I think it's Grunt. You know that Grunt automatically. Pardon me. It may be, it may be Gulp. Uh, well, Gulp, I think, is a different one, but similar. 
So, I mean, when I, I don't have a lot of experience with the JavaScript world anymore. I mean, I used to do that stuff all the time, and now that whole world has changed. But I, I used Yeoman and generate the, the Bower dependency file and, and Grunt. And I think it was Grunt that would set up a watch folder so that anytime you modified your JavaScript, it would automatically, I mean, I know it's not exactly a build under the JavaScript world, you know, because everything's interpreted, but it would automatically reload the web page and show you the new view and, and all the new functionality like that. So I suspect they're quite familiar with that idea over there. Uh, so maybe Gradle is saying, well, you know, if they can do that, why, why don't we do the same? I would also think it would be useful on a CI server situation where you're, you're basically deploying new code to the CI server and want to make sure that, you know, rather than setting up a whole new job, this way it would automatically recompile and run all the tests, et cetera. Yeah, I don't know. With CI, you probably, I, I would expect you'll stay with the traditional, just build everything from clean because that's yeah. the most reliable way. Um, I, I feel this is, this is more geared towards being able to restart your uh, application server. Uh, with the build running and um, continuous testing and uh, anything else that crops up. Uh, but there, continuous testing is the one that I was thinking about, like with Grails a uh, few years back. Um, the more the development mode approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if anything came of that. Certainly nothing from me. Uh, that's, that, that stuff's all too hard, too much effort. Um, so yeah, there's the continuous build and dependency substitution rules. So this is a, uh, a richer a, a addition to existing ways of controlling dependency resolution and you know fixing the particular versions, replacing certain modules with others. Uh, what's particularly interesting about this one is that you can force substitution of a source project for a binary jar or vice versa. So you can very easily switch between, you know, oh, I'm making some changes to this uh, project, the source code. I want to direct the build at this rather than using the binary downloaded from Maven Central. So, um, so if you have a firewall issue or something, you can you could do a local version, or are you thinking more for testing, or what do you? Yeah, think I think it's, it's it's similar. I don't know. The example I would think of is uh, the reason we created in-place plugins for Grails that you can write the like your test projects uh as source and grails would pick them up from the development directory well that's so, that's bailed me out in a couple of classes recently where where students had serious firewall problems that they could not download anything unless it had prior approval or whatever yeah and i just wanted to use a couple of basic plugins of course what i now realize is it's possible that uh we didn't that the uh, dependency must have been on Codehouse or something, uh, the Grails plugin dependency. And of course, Codehouse went away. Uh, yeah. Now, this, I mentioned something about it in the last podcast. I suspect what was going on in that case is I've been teaching classes on a particularly old version of Grails for various business reasons. I've been using like 2.2, you know? And okay. It may be that they updated the dependencies in 2.4 and 3.0, but they have not say, retrofitted it back to 2.2 or something. Because uh, I don't know that I had the same problem in the later versions. But at any rate, either way, the workaround was to do what you just said, was to actually take the source code and set up a separate source project and treat it as though you were developing the, the plugin yourself. But at least that way, you could get the plugin dependency into IntelliJ without having to go online to go download it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, they should be uh, pretty useful for various people. So those are the two big changes. There are some others as well. Um, typically more stuff around the native build support, but that all goes over my head because I don't do C, C++ anymore or Objective-C for that matter. Um, there was some, uh, I also called a news, uh, little item about uh, rule-based modeling for Gradle 3.0. So uh, all this on-demand configuration and the like seems to be uh, part of a general change to the way that modeling is done in Gradle. And uh, so some of this is already in there um, and then it will eventually become fully fledged and available in Gradle 3. Apparently the Play Framework support is already using it as is the hmm. native build support. Um, so the, the concept is to uh, take the the, the design that you have around tasks and you end up with a task graph and your task graph, the, the, they say, is like a the rules for how to execute your build. So uh, this takes it one stage back to creating rules for how your model is produced. Um, I, I have no idea what concrete examples of this being useful are, but the fact that Play Framework and the the native support already use it, suggests that there's quite a bit of demand. I wouldn't be surprised if Android uses it as well. Well, I, I know that the, they've been working very, very hard at, at, I still want to call them Gradleware. It's going to be very hard for me to change that, to just call them Gradle. Uh, I know they're working very hard on that C++ support, you know, when you mentioned the native stuff. So I'm not surprised they've had some applications over there. Uh, I guess it's just another call to say when Gradle finally puts the presentations from the Gradle Summit online, it's certainly worth watching Luke, da Luke Daly's talk about the overall model, the underlying structure change. What do you say, the, the change to this model in 3.0 that's coming or whatever? Yeah, the rule-based modeling that they're introducing. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's an overall change to the way Gradle is handled under the hood, right? Yeah, yeah, it looks like a fairly significant um, internal change. So do you know that they are definitely going to publish those, the recording of the talks? Oh, absolutely. Every talk was recorded, and they were only 45 minutes. That was the, that was the surprise for me. I, I was um, preparing my talk, and then I finally looked at the calendar like the week before and went, Oh wait a minute! Forty-five minutes now. For most people, that's still like, oh goodness, good. I only have to talk for forty-five minutes, but I'm accustomed to talking for an hour and a half at a time. <laughs> so I was like, oh my goodness! Now I got to cut everything in half. And even during my presentation, I was like, how much time do I have? And they went, oh, fifteen minutes. Like, Oops. Okay. Well, let, let me start showing you some demos. You know. Uh, but at any rate, they they will all be online. They were all recorded. They were all forty-five minutes long, I believe. Uh, it's just a question of when they wind up being published. And I, I don't know what the schedule is on that, but I imagine it won't be too long. Okay, well, folks, we'll let you know as soon as we find out uh, when those are starting to publish. We'll also probably tweet a few, uh, especially Ken's talks. We'll tweet those. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I'm just glad that you managed to find out at least like a week before rather than the morning of or just before the presentation. Well, even if I found out the the morning over the week or the, I wouldn't tell you. So I. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I in, oh, I guess I only have half the time I thought I had here. Let's rush through a hundred and fifty slides in forty five. No, I wouldn't do that. So. What's the Spring One Two GX? Because they're ninety minutes, aren't they? 
Yeah, everything on that no fluff tour affiliated things like UberConf and Spring One Two GX, etc. Uh, they're all 90 minutes, and and I'm in fact the one time I went to Java One, uh, that was 60 minutes, and that was much harder than normal for me because I I was so accustomed to the 90 minute time frame. I really had to work hard to make sure I wasn't going to go long. By the way, that's another interesting little side point. Uh, Java One, uh, from what I understand, they have a lot of uh, submissions from alternative languages, you know, including Groovy. And those acceptances were supposed to go out in middle of June, and they're still not out yet. Uh, so I, I actually checked the Twitter feed, and a couple of people have been commenting that, hey, we're almost in July here. And the, re the only one response I saw was, yeah, they're coming. Just give it a little time. <laughs> so okay. I, is, that, is that just for the JVM language uh, talks? Or is no, it no, no. all Java 1 acceptance speech? I suppose I don't really know. I only know that I haven't received any word on mine and that I was not the only person, that most people I knew have not heard anything yet. I don't know if they send them all out at once or if they only send them out in batches or what have you. But uh, I have seen people saying, you know, wait, this was supposed to happen already. What's going on? And now, of course, Baruch, who, of course, isn't here today, uh, he was at the Java One in Brazil, right? The 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 session down there earlier in the week did his uh, groovy puzzlers talk again, I believe, and I'm just going to okay. assume it was incredibly well received because it always is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although it's I don't very, know, if it he, is a very good talk. That's a, it's a fun one. I don't know if he did it in Portuguese though. That would I would be impressed. Can you imagine Baruch's accent in Portuguese? Uh, does not compute. Uh, well, we have <laughs> We had to talk about him a little bit because he's not here. So, <laughs> anyway. uh, so I expect it'll be interesting to see what what groovy talks are accepted at at Java One, uh, which I imagine we'll know before the the next Ruby podcast. Yeah, well, you, actually, to be honest, we may know about the uh, DevOps ones before then. But the the DevOps submission deadline uh, has just passed. I think. Uh, I think it's uh, it's in the next day or so. That's the big one in Belgium, right? <clears throat> yes. Yes. Are you going? Are you submitting for that? Uh, no, no. I I only realized quite late, and I'm still not that keen on um, going on on speaking uh, abroad at the moment. So maybe next year. Um, um, but hopefully, hopefully we'll see some presence there for Groovy Grails, Grade and the like. Uh, but there's always a lot of contention there's a contest for speaking places there's a huge demand they have to get through huge numbers of submissions mm. so uh, uh yes yeah, so i wouldn't want that job <laughs> no i i cannot imagine i years ago i was on a committee to try to approve presentations or and review papers and things like that and i rapidly got to the point where i said i just don't want to do that anymore i don't like saying no to people like that. I And the papers I like, of course, I really wanted, and the papers I didn't like, I didn't even want to read. So, you know, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks, uh, Jen Strater, who has just informed us that it was yesterday, the deadline. So uh, no more submissions for DevOps Europe. Oh, Jen's online. You know, I forgot to turn on that window. What window is that? Uh, that was in the Q&A. Oh, there it is. Uh, Jen actually put up, a, she's been very active lately, right? Put up a couple of um, blog posts about uh, some basics. I think I, I think about uh, teaching Groovy and things like that. Uh, 
I don't know. She's been doing a lot with the the great ladies of uh, Minneapolis. I don't. You're familiar with that group? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm keeping keep an eye out for their activity, and yeah, they seem to be doing quite a bit of uh, work. It's nice to see. I have to be uh, careful because it's it's. I, I sometimes it's terrible. I shouldn't even say this. I get her mixed up with Allison, uh, and I shouldn't. But just because they're both from the same group, you know, and. Uh, there's been a lot of activity in that area, and that's this is very good to see. Frankly, I, it's just good to see a lot of activity in an area related to Groovy these days, so that's good. Yeah, and amongst the community. Um, right. In the community. A, a grassroots uh, movement. So uh, we'll keep an eye out on, on what those folks are doing, um, mm -hmm. and hopefully they can spread, you know, maybe great ladies will uh, spread to more centers across the world. Um, so anyway, moving on to other last few items of news. Uh, so one of our listeners, uh, Mac, he mentioned that Gprof now supports Groovy 2.4. So mm -hmm. that's the profiler um, library. Uh, is the companion to Gbench. So that didn't work for Groovy 2.4, now it does. Uh, Mac also did ask what was happening with GPARS. So I was hoping to have Russell Winder come onto the show and uh, tell us, but uh, it was late in the day. We didn't get a response. So hopefully we'll try and get an interview with him and then we can find out what's been happening on that front and also find out why somebody accused him of being the groovy man. <laughs> well, if he's one of the five or six actual listeners we have, maybe he'll hear about this and then be interested in joining us on an interview in the, on a later podcast. Yes, yes. And, and then now that I've uh, seen this reference to the groovy man, I, I keep picturing him with, you know, one of these uh, flower things on the head and the oh, really? dark glasses. Yes. See, just... Because I was thinking more, you know, like Java man is a like a Neanderthal type of thing. So I was going that direction. <laughs> but I'm he's sure, sure I'd appreciate that one as well. <laughs> well, that's what I was afraid of. But he's a groovy doc, though, right? Uh, yes, professor. Yes, along with, um, uh, let's see, well, uh, who am I thinking of? Oh, Paul King is a groovy doc as well. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I actually have no idea. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. He's a, a groovy developer with a PhD. All right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, so Paul King. See, no, for, for some reason, I thought that Russell was a... Uh, oh dear. Okay, I'm going to shut up now before I embarrass myself any further. <laughs> um, Unless I got it wrong, it could be. I don't know. I'm oh, no, 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 no. That, that that's correct. I just couldn't remember whether Russell is uh, a professor or not. I believe anyway. so. That's what I thought, and now suddenly I I'm doubting myself. Anyway, so, by the so, way, so, I will say one thing. Gprof is a really cool tool. I'm very impressed with that. And he's got on that homepage a little uh, demo that you could do with a simple at grab, you know, so you can do it presumably inside a Groovy console and try out this little profiling of Fibonacci or whatever. And you get a lot of uh, a good information from that. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was looking through some tweets and there seems to be a uh, thread going of uh, upgrading Grails 3 plugins or upgrading plugins to Grails 3. And uh, so I've put in a link for the uh, Twitter search that I used uh, because it's uh, at to the new. So I'm assuming these are our, uh, our friends in India because at to the new seems to be something to do with IT in India. Uh, but there's several 
uh, people have been updating plugins for Grail 3. So good work, you guys. Well done, right. and thank you for the efforts. The only thing I noticed from that, I mean, I hadn't I hadn't seen that particular Twitter feed, but I, I will say that uh, I'm just following Graham, Graham's been retweeting a lot of people who said, okay, this plugin's now available for, for Grails 3 and that plugin and the other. So uh, Graham Roche has been pretty good about retweeting these upgrades as well. Yeah, yeah, I saw a few of them, um, but I don't think he caught uh, all of them. No. So anyway, if you're interested, um, have a look at that uh, Twitter search. And finally, GreatConf US, 29th to the 3rd, 31st of July. Will you be there, Ken? Oh, uh, yeah, I will definitely be there. I've, I've been thinking a lot about it already. I'm, I'm actually supposed to do a keynote for that, so. Oh, exciting stuff. Well, it'll be on the mobile world, so I, I'm hoping to see something Groovy-related, you know, to build an Android app in Groovy and, and all of that. Uh, uh, we'll see. But, I, you know, I haven't looked at the actual calendar yet to see what talks were there, although half a dozen people have been tweeting uh, the names of their talks, some talks that they'll be giving at Great Confidence. It looks like it's going to be a really good conference. That's always... I got to say that's one of my favorite conferences of the year. Uh, it's on the small side, you know. It's just it's really focused on Groovy, Grails, Gradle, Griffin, whatever. Uh, but it's you know it's got a lot of really good people and it's a very friendly community. I've I've had a good time every year I've gone to that. Yeah, it's definitely fun. I was there last year, and uh, but you're blowing it off this year, aren't you? Yes, but at least they, it doesn't. They're not alone in that. They're in good company. <laughs> Uh, well, definitely, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that one at the end of this month. I can't believe we're in July already. It's just where is the year gone? You know? Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, still got another six months to go. So you know, uh, still exciting stuff. To... I'm sorry. Hopefully, some point during that time, uh, Guillaume will start writing his uh, Groovy Weekly again, and we'll actually have news items to talk about. Yeah, we won't have to dig it out for ourselves. We we like the easy life, not having to do any work ourselves. Yeah, right. We just have to read what 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 Guillaume writes and then just leverage that. You know, it's really much easier way of going, wouldn't you say? Yes. So Guillaume, if you're listening, please start the weekly again. <laughs> you know, um, how do you pronounce? Is it is it Jakob Mickelson, the the guy who writes the Grails Grails Diary? I believe it's Jakob. Do you know him? Uh, yes, I've, I've met him a few times. Okay, well, you know, we should say thank you to him because if he didn't publish the Grails, uh, or the Grails diary, we really would have to work hard, and uh, we don't want to work hard, you know. Oh, uh, you're giving away all our secrets. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> many thanks to Jakob for the Grails diary, which did have, uh, he, he got one out uh, just a week ago, so right. has been very helpful. Um, uh, anyway, so I now feel like, oh, why do we bother? Okay. Now, anyway, Grails went to three point oh point two. Was that uh, that was more than two weeks ago? We mentioned that in the last episode. So it was oh two. Okay. So now what's three zero two? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, that's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems we are completely out of uh, news items and out of stuff to talk about. So <laughs> we'll leave you as it is. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any feedback, if you would like us to uh, find out any news about specific things, if you would like us to talk to anybody specifically, then let us know on Twitter or on the Google Plus page. The links are on the uh, show notes. 
which are linked on the YouTube video and on the Podbean website. So thank you very much once more, and uh, catch you next time. Goodbye. Take care.